On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm interviewing Amy McLaren, a wife to an entrepreneur and mom of two beautiful children, one of which they recently adopted, and a creator of a charity called World Teacher Aid. And it's a charity that goes out to third world countries and builds schools for less privileged children. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the Mompreneur Show. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Amy, let's start with um, introducing yourself and how did you get where you are today? Sure. Well, one thing for sure, I wasn't always um, a mom to two awesome children, <laughs> and I wasn't always a founder of a charity or or any of that or involved in the internet in any way. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a while. I've been working with my husband and everything and helping him. And then the idea for the charity really came because I'm a bit of an obsessed traveler. I love traveling. Like I've been to 38 countries and I'm always planning like three or four trips ahead because I want to hit so many countries and stuff. Um, and when I travel, I, I don't get me wrong. I love spas. I love all inclusives. Like what mom doesn't like to be pampered with no kids around <laughs> and have time to yourself. But I, I really like getting off that beaten path and getting involved in the community and, and seeing how a country really is. Not like glossy, pretty pictures they put in a book. I kind of want to see how they live and, and get relationships within that country. So I did a lot of volunteering overseas. Um, and I lived with a Thai family for six weeks in Thailand and all kinds of stuff. And I really saw how far a dollar goes and also saw so many kids that loved, loved, loved going to school, but couldn't afford to go. Or they were walking like crazy distances and bare feet um, to get to school. So that kind of always stayed with me um, every time I traveled. And I just found that I really was curious and and wanted to help. Um, so I did, yeah, we did a bit of that traveling. And then um, at that time, Oprah, who obviously everybody just adores, her show was on the Oprah Big Give. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I loved watching that show. And I probably cried like I do when I'm at the airport <laughs> on there so many times. And I said to my husband one night several years ago, I said, you know what? I, I really would love to do something like Oprah and Oprah's Big Give and go help a community that, you know, I've seen that needs help. Um, so I said, if you can figure out how to raise the money, I'll coordinate the trip and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> so long story short, our first trip was to El Salvador. Um, and then from then, it's just grown to what it is today, where we focus in Kenya with the schools. So, Wow, that's amazing. Okay. So let's track back just a little bit. Yeah. So how long ago was this when you told your husband, I will yeah, I the that, traveling and book the traveling, you figure out how to get the money? It calls me bossy, but I don't think I'm that bossy. <laughs> um, I was, we've had the charity officially for um, five years. I think it was about seven years ago. Yeah, and he we did it through first a webinar. Um, I'm sorry, sorry, a teleseminar. So it wasn't um, face-to-face. It was all through the phone through a teleseminar. Um, and we got several of his um, friends that were known in the industry at that time to share their thoughts about the upcoming views for the following year and what would be 
you know, in for the internet and how you can make more money online next year and all, all their kind of insights. Yeah. So they shared their time and in return, people paid for um, to be on that call. And then the money went to the charity. Mm-hmm. So in three days, we raised, I think our first, we raised about $14,000, which for somebody that's, you know, doing fundraisers like um, golf tournaments and stuff, like it's pretty crazy to raise that much money in such a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, we did it and we went down to El Salvador, helped the school there, helped some orphanages. And then that's when he kind of said to me, you know, I kind of get now what you've been talking about for years. He likes to travel. Don't get me wrong. Not as much as I do. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it kind of, so that's where it started. And then the next year we did the same thing and we raised $45,000. And at that time we were running it through our stews business. So we were paying taxes on everything. And I said, I can't, I'm like, we can't keep doing this. Like, I really want to do it, but it's like, we need to um, start moving with the paperwork. So that's when we started the paperwork for the charity. And um, it took about two years to get official status in Canada. It's really hard to get status. Um, So we got our status and then um, now we focus mainly in Kenya where we build our schools. So. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's all I can say. There's so many questions that come up to what about the story and how everything just just moved together and how you work together. It's incredible. So your husband, Stu, already had contacts in the online space. He was already in the online space. Was he in maybe Wishlist member at that time? No, this this was even before Wishlist member. I'm aging my husband now. He won't like this. I <laughs> know. Yeah, this was he was an affiliate manager for um, Armin Morin, who still does a lot of fun stuff today. Um, Alex Mondozian, and who was um, John Childers at a time was a real estate investor who was actually the dad to yes, Tracy. I met John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was one of the first mentors for Stu and I. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, so that's it's like even before Wishlist. So that was kind of and then Wishlist started with Tracy. Wow, that's um, incredible. Yeah, so it all kind of like, in a weird way, connects all together from people we met and made relationships with. And that's what it really is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really based on relationships that we've had and grown over the last few years. Mm, I would, I completely agree. Because let me ask you this. If you didn't have those relationships when you were just starting your charity, that idea, yeah. um, would you be where you are now? I don't think so. Mm. No, I am. Um, I think, I think I would have been somewhere. Like I, I'm yeah. pretty determined. I'm a determined. Like I'm a determined person. But um, those relationships definitely helped uh, move the charity forward, and and they believed in us and what Stu and I wanted to do. And thanks to their belief, it kind of um, jetted or helped the char- charity mm-hmm. jet forward a bit more. But, so, have you ever had? Um, and uh, any other charity or anybody else doing what you did with the, the tele-summit and maybe in today's age would probably be like a webinar. Has anybody been doing that or did you just come up with the idea? Um, I, I don't know. I, I imagine it probably is. I When we started, I felt like it was a pretty new idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to think out of the box because, I mean, I, I've done galas and all that kind of stuff, but the, when you think out of the box and different ideas, I think it attracts more attention and you're providing value for those people that are donating, not only in a feel good sense that they got to listen to those recordings and learn, but also that the money is going to a good cause. 
Hmm, very interesting. And yeah. did you like put it up front, like the a hundred percent of these profits go um, here, or how did did you like word it a specific way? Yeah, so definitely, like the um, the leaders then are the experts that we interviewed. They all donated their time for the cause, um, and they sent out emails and advertised it within their groups or their mm -hmm. circle, um, which draw more people to the cause. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they donated their time. My husband and I donate our time to the charity. And so at the end of the day, aside from getting them transcribed, 100% of it went into where it should go. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's amazing. So you mentioned uh, galas, galas. I can't. Gal galas. Yeah, my galas. husband likes to, galas. My husband likes to. We don't do them as much anymore because we don't make as much money off them yeah. compared to what we do now for fundraising. But we would do like fancy dinners and fun, um, like auctions. So we'd auction off things from the community. So um, what? Okay, that's really interesting. So you did the the telesummit the. Uh, Oh goodness, the gay gala, galas, and then yeah. what, what else did you um, did you do anything else to raise money? No, like it's it started. So it did the started off um, like with the galas and the telesummit, and then um, it led to <sighs> like some of Stu's colleagues again or friends that we have made donating large chunks because for our charity we really focus on um, small groups of donors, but also large donations. We don't really go after a smaller donation, we like mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, a lot of our friends who have donated have donated 12,000 at a time. And we've had mm -hmm. friends have donated that three or four times. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So our kind of how we advertise is, you know, getting those key people that are our friends and believe in us or have also met us through other things that we've done. And then they share what we're doing and what they're doing with the audience. Like um, we were just at Russell Brunson's event at yes. ClickFunnels. Um, Russell, did, Russell and Stu go way back and they did a product together as well. Burnout, like years ago, years and years ago. That's amazing. And, uh, so he's come to Kenya with us, um, three or four years ago, he came with his wife, Colette, beautiful people. And they, um, now ClickFunnels is growing and we were part of their event just a few weeks ago. Um, and they raised $51,000 for us in wow. like, three days. Oh I know. My and then. We're going to um, Jeff Walker's um, product launch formula. We've been a part of his event now for two years. Um, wow. We're doing it again in three weeks. And he we raised to just over 200000 at his event um, this past October. So we really thought to post that, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's exciting because they Jeff has also been to Kenya with us. And he's you know seen the school that he built the previous year. Um, so we're just so, so thankful. I mean, it's all, and like I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's relationships and I'm so thankful for relationships and our friends and, and that community of people that are interested in, in helping others. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And I love that you bring those people to that location and say, Hey, look, this is what you did. And it's so inspiring. So I recently met last year, I met Chris Farrell. And oh, yeah, yeah. he shared that he went with you on one of those yeah, trips he and he showed me yeah. an incredible video. So share with me, how does that work? Like uh, as a donor, do they get to go to Kenya and spend time and build and work or how, how does that program work? Yeah. So that we've done it now. Um, I think this is our sixth trip that's coming up this August. 
And we go every year. We only go once a year. I'm over about two or three times a year personally to kind of manage our team and Mm -hmm. um, check out new locations and stuff. But we do a donor trip once a year. And what it is is an awesome 10-day trip. And you come in, you land. um, We meet as a group at a restaurant at one of the hotels. Then we kind of go out in our vans and we go to the community. And and we don't stay in hotels. (laughs) This is where me really comes in because we rough it. But it's, you know, it's tense. You're living with the community. You're having cold showers. There's no hot. Well, actually, no, sorry. There are hot showers, but they literally warm up the water with a fire and, like, then put it above <laughs> above the shower, and you pull something and water comes down. Wow. Um, yeah, so you really, you you know, you're roughing it in a sense for three days, but the experience that you get from connecting with that community, helping finish the school, seeing your classroom um, name because they give chance to name their classroom. So we have a lot of people, I think Chris named his George Farrell after his dad, I believe. Um, but some people name them after their company or whoever. So they get to see that classroom, meet the students that are in there, um, kind of help with the building. Um, and then so after those three or four days of roughing it, um, we then go back into Nairobi, do a tour of Nairobi, and then we go out on a safari because you can't, Africa is, Kenya is just amazing. You cannot go to Kenya and not see the beautiful people and then see the like phenomenal wildlife. Um, so we kind of pair the wildlife, like the whole experience is, is all very different. Do you know what I mean? You have that community really bonding experience and then you have the touristy, but still such a big part of what Kenya is. So that's how it works, about 10 days every trip. And usually we have between 16 to 20. I don't like to go over 20 because um, it keeps it more personable. So it's a really emotional experience for a lot of people. Like I cry every time, but maybe I cry. But we've had usually everybody is in tears. It's just really moving that they get to see what they've done. So just you talking yeah. about it is like, oh. it's amazing. Oh, it's it's like I'm, I'm already emotional. <laughs> Just hearing about it. This is incredible. So um, what will it take? Like, I want to go. Like, I want to go yeah. on one of those trips. So what will it take for a person to go? Is yeah, there so a minimum we, donation? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so every year we have, we usually take um, our donors as a donated a class. So each class is about 12500 And then they get to come on the trip with somebody else if they would like. And then we always save some of that trip for people that are doing group fundraisers and maybe haven't raised 12500 but you know, have shown that they really want to be a part of the community and help out. Um, because I realize every dollar makes a huge, huge impact. And, you know, I realize not everyone has 12000 in their bank account or a huge email list or, or whatever that may be. So we like to open some of that trip to people that, you know, have donated or have shown that they really want to come um, on the trip. So usually it's people that have donated a class, and then there's usually about two or three people that um, want to be a part of the community and see kids in the school and stuff. Amazing. And I noticed that uh, Carrie Green, um, mm-hmm. she was raising funds for you, I believe. And yeah. I think she's coming with you on the next trip. The next one. Yeah, she is going, I'm getting married this summer. Um, so she was, we were talking about her coming, but then I think with the wedding and everything. So I think mm-hmm. she's on to come next year. Mm-hmm. Another awesome entrepreneur. Yes. She's <laughs> incredible. So yeah. um, how does how do you um, organize that? Or do you let the organizer do that? The whole um, 
collecting money, raising money for, for your charity? Yeah. Do they take control of all the, um, the little clicks, the websites, the donate buttons, or do you provide that for them? And how is that successful campaign? How does that work? Yeah. So we're, we're pretty small and grassroots. There's not a lot of us. Um, we definitely don't have a huge team. Um, as you know, my husband Sue runs tons of other stuff and has his own business. <laughs> so he helps when he can with security. And then um, I'm on it pretty much full time. We have hired, I have a part time assistant. Um, I think she's on the call. She's on the line now, but Carrie, um, she's been with us for a few months. So she helps me with assisting in different things. And she's been a huge help. Um, we've grown a lot the past year. So um, it's been, we're kind of learning how to manage the growth too, but she helps with me part time. And then our website on our board, we have someone that is a couple of people that are really technical with stuff. So they're working on our new website right now, um, kind of volunteering their time. Mm-hmm. And then we have, um, so that's the Canadian North American staff. But then in our community in Kenya, we have one ground rep that's um, full time. And he visits all the different communities and blogs on our schools and furthers the relationships for us. And then we also partner with an NGO called Volunteer International Community Development Africa, who is our partner. So that's without her, I couldn't do it either. So she has her own organization. So I send the money over, like I just sent 25,000 over today. And then she will take that money and then she disperses it and pays the, the, um, the construction workers and pays Sam for me and kind of manages the projects too. We're very like grassroots and I believe so strongly in hiring the community because if you don't have that, that bond or that relationship again with the community and also that they have buy-in to what you're doing, I don't think it'll work. So our people that build our schools are from the community. They are um, from the community and we've used the same kind of different people each time for different community, but we've had the same foreman foreman or whatever that we've used. So where did you find these amazing people in the community? Well, this, this is what, I mean, Irene, who is my partner then she is like the mother Teresa of Kenya. Like she, she is like finding a needle in a haystack. So, I mean, when we started the organization, you know, you always want to try and fix everything and and finding those relationships were hard. So now we have Irene. Um, She, she's amazing. Like she helps me facilitate everything. So I met her through, again, when I was volunteering overseas, um, I met her and then that's how that kind of relationship started. And then we hired Sam um, for video interviews um, that we did. And she, he's been with us for two years now, two and a half years. Amazing. And he's been a great guy. Yeah. So you got to keep those good people that you find and, and don't let them go. Because <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Well, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so intrigued and the audience has been loving this too as well. So Amy, there are a few moms who want to open their own charity and probably not as on a great grand scale as you have, but what advice would you give them about starting out? Yeah, I would definitely get clear on, on what you want to do. I know when we started the charity, we, um, one of our first trips was actually to Ghana and we arrived at this refugee camp at Christmas. This is one I took to. <laughs> it was Christmas, a refugee camp in Ghana. And we were volunteering at a school and, um, we just started the charity and there was so much need. Like 
you know, education, health, yeah. aid, like AIDS, yeah. there's just like so much need. And, you know, I have a big heart and I think a lot of us do that you want to help everything. But what happens is you start putting band-aids on stuff and you don't make any progress. Mm. So, you know, as the, as moms are thinking about what you want to do, I think the more clear that you get um, on what you want to do and how, how you're going to solve it, I think would be awesome because we started big and wanted to do everything. And then we realized that we're not really making any progress. So now we, we all we do is build schools, build classrooms, and then we invite other NGOs or other organizations to come in and build wells or, or do what they do well, because I don't know anything about building wells. Like, so we invite other organizations to do it. So I think if you get clear on, on what you want to do and, and just immerse yourself in it, like I did kind of with the traveling, like I traveled a lot and I still do. I'm so thankful for that. And you know, if you're if you're in that world, you kind of get ideas for what you want to do. But definitely be clear and, and start somewhere. That helps. <laughs> yeah, no, that absolutely helps. Thank you so much. And so um, I'm, I have a few questions that I also yeah. want to uh, make sure that we cover. And I mean, Amy, this has been incredible. Like your story oh, is you. incredible. And thank you so much for being so open and sharing everything. It's been so amazing. So oh, I'm an uh, open book. Ask away. <laughs> thank you so much. So you mentioned that um, Stu used the, and I keep going back to that because, you know, mom purrs, yeah. the marketing side of things is very important. Yeah. So Besides that, uh, what are some other strategies that you used to grow your um, to grow your charity? Also, like a secondary question, how did you get to partner up with all these event uh, with the, all these people who put on all these incredible events? Yeah. So when we started out, like I said, we did galas and stuff. Um, and that don't get me wrong. I mean, those galas raised you know fourteen thousand dollars, which is in a sense another classroom. Like every dollar is significant. Um, so just doing things in the community and involving your community when we moved in the last year, but where we lived before was a very small community. And um, it, it, once you kind of get your cause out there, I think, and have an event, it's kind of funny because then other doors kind of begin to open up and people approach you and say, oh, I saw you do this. Can can you be a part? Um, can you come to our church or can you come to this event? Or, you know, I have something I like to sell, but I would like to donate so much of the proceeds to the charity. So I think if you start off with, you know, a, a big community thing or kind of get your word out there as much as you can, and then some doors start to open. So for us, it was the gala that led to going to different churches to talk about our goals and what we wanted to do. And then um, that was how we started. And then I have a whole other program that involves um, teachers and kids and, and books and again, more on a local level. But, Can you talk about that? Is that um, give to write or write to give or something? Yeah. Like that? So um, I started, this is, I started write to give five years ago because I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't all, I'm not always been an entrepreneur and I've never really thought of myself as one until the last little bit, but I started write to give five years ago or maybe it's six years ago. And I'm a teacher by trade. So I've taught grade one for like 10 years. And I saw so many organizations come in and want to raise money by selling chocolate bars and having hat days. And don't get me wrong, like awesome ways to create awareness, raise money. But as a teacher, I was like, this isn't connecting to the curriculum. Like there's there's not much meat to it. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. it's just not enough. Like there should be more. Um, so one night I kind of said to my husband, I'm like, 
I'm going to get kids to write books. I'm going to sell the books and the money will go to the charity because kids love books and they love to write. So at that time, I emailed a few good friends and I said, I have an idea. I'm going to start a story in the class. And then can you write the next part of the story? And then my other friend wrote the next part. <laughs> so there were four, there's four classrooms that write these write to give books. And the fifth classrooms do the illustrations. And then we compile it all together and we sell the books. So we started the program and that was through emailing. And then I grew it to use Wishlist Member and I had a whole website. So today we've done over 125 books. We've involved like 6,000 students from like around the world. So now it's awesome because the internet is like, you know, there's kids in school everywhere. So yeah. now we send books to, I mean, Cayman Islands, Japan, and all these kids are writing and they, it inspires the reading and the writing and, and it like links everything together. And we have a, you know, a right to give day and the kids meet the other authors of the books online or they see where their money's gone through a presentation that we do. Um, so it just brings like that whole reading, writing, more meat. <laughs> but yeah, so I work on that. We just are printing our books right now. Oh my so that's goodness. that's a part of our charity too. Okay. Yeah. So it's so easy to go to Costco, buy a box of chocolates, and have the kids sell them. But what you're doing is really hard work. It's really well, it's, hard work. Yeah, you know what, though? I think when you're, like, I know there's other moms out there. When you're really passionate about something, it's like, I don't know. It just, I, I just love it. Like, I, there's nothing more than going to my schools and seeing those kids and seeing the smiles is contagious. And then you go to these kids that have written the right to give books and like, they're so ecstatic because they're published authors, like, and that they bought the books for kids in Kenya and the grandparents buy the books and the aunts and the uncles and the charity. <laughs> so, so, okay. It, a child writes a book. Do you make multiple copies of the book and then how do you sell it? Yeah. So we started with a really kind of basic publisher out of Toronto. Um, Again, that was me just Googling publishers. We didn't make any money off our first print mm -hmm. because I spent way too much money. And then we moved on to using Create Space, which was a part of Amazon for self-publishing books. So a lot of our majority of our books are published through Amazon. So kids can find them on Amazon if they want to order multiple copies. Amazing. And then we recently, it was, no, it's been three years, we partnered up with Scholastic Education Canada. And they publish one book a year for us and lay it out um, and we have someone donate their time to print it. So on that one book, we make pure profit. On our other books, we average, we sell them for 15, but we average about $10 from each book go to our costs. That's amazing. Yeah, so, Amy, like, so. <laughs> what a way to think outside the box. Well, I think you just got to connect. Like, you just have to give value to someone. And then at the same time, it goes into a big bucket. Like, you know, it's all about giving giving someone what they want or what they need and, and giving that value. And then, um, and then the kids in Kenya benefit from that. So, wow. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing oh, that. Okay. So how can, um, how can we get involved with right to give or, um, with world teacher aid? Yeah. So you can contact, um, if you go to right to give.org is our right to give site for any teachers. So any teachers that, you know, um, you can just send them to the site. We won't start doing the books. We do them once a year. So we registration opens early January 
And the kids work on the books February, part of March. And then right now we're just getting them into the publishing. So it takes about four months for the program to go through. Hmm. Um, but I am a teacher. I did all the resources. So the teachers, everything is done for them because teachers are busy. It's, it's, not, it's, hard, it's hard work and, you know, they don't want to spend time trying to do stuff themselves. So I've got tons of templates and resources within our members area for that program. Um, and then getting involved, give us a, an email. I mean, we've had people contact us that are doing fundraisers of their own and they want to donate part of it. Um, we've had some mom entrepreneurs reach out and wanted to give some of their funds to the charity. And we give pictures and video or any way that we can help to promote the cause. Amazing. Amy, you're doing incredible work. Absolutely incredible work. So let's move away from that heartfelt story, which I don't want to move away from, but no, that's okay. So (laughs) what challenges did you face when you were building the charity, when you were traveling, what were some challenges? Mm -hmm. Definitely our challenge in the last, I would say year, um, is, is growth. We've, Mm -hmm. We started off where we were building about a, a school a year um, and raising about a hundred grand a year. And then in the last la- in the last year and a half, we raised quite a bit of money and um, just keeping up with that and staffing and being a mom <laughs> and trying to juggle all the other stuff um, was difficult. So yeah, we, we, we have Carrie and we're going to be hiring in the next few months um, to kind of bump up the position and have someone more full time. Um, but just growing and managing that. And then also connecting with our donors and sharing, sharing our awesome stories of not just the kids in Kenya, but what are, you know, incredible people are doing for the charity for us. So, and getting that content on the blog and communicating with those donors, because that's fostering those relationships are, are crucial for yeah. our charity. And, you know, when you grow so fast, sometimes, you know, I'm just getting the money across, going to the bank, getting the money and like talking to my accountant, making sure that everything's, okay there and managing everything. So managing the growth has been a bit difficult, but in creating systems, we're creating systems now. So things are moving a bit smoother. So that's awesome. But how do you manage the time with the kids and building this charity? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you rewind a little bit when I, so I have two kids, I have a four, well, she'll be five next week, five-year-old girl going on like 12. I'm sure you moms know what that means. Um, And then I I have a little adopted guy um, from South Africa. We picked him up. We got him last year. So he's been with our family for a year. He's two. So, but rewind back to when I, Marlo was one, my daughter, our life was a bit insane. Um, Stu was building wish list and from his basement and we were trying to start this charity and, laundry would go through I don't know how many times like go to the laundry and I turn it on walk away come back a day later and it was all smelly and gross wash it again do the same thing (laughs) and so life was crazy and um Sue and I sat down about three years ago and we said you know this it doesn't feel good like we're not spending quality time with our kids like we're managing like all this stuff and so we put Marla into a daycare and <laughs> I'll probably start crying with it. I went to pick her up one day and she was curled in a ball on the floor and totally zoned out. And I'm like, what's wrong with her? She's like, oh, they said, oh, she's just having a moment or something or whatever. And I'm like, no, this is not right. Like she is, she should not be curled up in a little ball by herself. Like 
oh, so I, I went in and I scooped her up and I just walked out and I, I went in and I, I, the next day I called and I paid online, right? Paid over the phone. And then I found somebody that um, could help, a lady named Betty, beautiful lady. So she helped us for a little bit, but we were still struggling at home. Like, I hate cooking. I'll be, I, I hate it. I can't cook if my life depended on it. I used to pay my brother to cook me breakfast. For my <laughs> but I, I hate cooking and I hate laundry. And um, we hired help. We hired help about three years ago to come in, help with meal planning, prepping, grocery shopping, laundry. Um, and it has been like night and day. Like we have quality time now with our kids. I eat 10 times more healthier than I did three years ago. Um, so that's really important for us. Like, you know, you got to take care of your body. And if you don't take care of it, nobody else will. And to be a mom, like, I would just, I didn't feel right. So, yeah, we hired, we hired help three years ago, um, someone full-time that helps us. And she's she's pretty much our house manager. Um, she helps out with the kids occasionally, but they're both in Montessori school now. But she's still with us, and she makes amazing lunches. She does laundry. She does helps me sometimes with the charity, like for um, packing the books up. Um, and she is wonderful. And she hopefully won't go anywhere. We've, uh, we give her, she travels with us sometimes. Um, and we take care of her and she's part of our family. So how did you find um, her? So we found her through her service. So she's, when we first hired her, she's like, she's a nanny then, but she's not really a nanny. If you know what I mean? Like she's, she's not with my kids that much. Um, we hired her more for the, the housekeeping stuff. So we found her through her service. So we went through, Oh, like, four or five people we interviewed and it took us about a year and a half to find somebody that we felt comfortable with. Um, and then, yeah, so she's been with us now three years. Marla, my kids love her. Um, she's a big, big part of our family and we take her traveling, not all the time, but she was, I just got back from a big trip and we took her um, with us and it's great cause it's family time, but then Stu and I can escape for a date um, and I don't have to worry about a babysitter. Um, she's right there. Um, so she's just part of the team. It's Team McLaren. We are all part of one thing to make life. But yeah, so that's how, how we've done it. Thank um, you so much for sharing. That's that's so important. Like out, you know, we're used to in our businesses outsourcing graphics, outsourcing social media, outsourcing all these things. But when it comes to our home, it's the same exact concept. Oh, it, it definitely is. Stu, um, one of Stu's clients, Chris Carr, we were chatting the other day and she was saying, you know, she she's so inspirational. First of all, she for everything is. she's done, she's incredible. And and she she was talking to Stu, you know, about what we do at home and stuff, not business. Well, business stuff, obviously, but then it always creeps into home life. And yeah. and we said that we had hired someone, and she's like, I we should look into that. So she had just hired someone to help with the stuff around the house, and she's like, Oh my gosh, like it is amazing. Like, why did I wait this long to do it? Because it's worth, it is worth every single penny, the time that you get back and you're not doing the stuff that, you know, you're not trying to talk to your daughter and try to throw in laundry and, and count to 10 or practice her music. She comes home, computers off. It's mom and dad time until dinner. And, um, I don't know for us, it works. Maybe not be for everybody, but, um, I think you should just focus on the stuff you love and do the stuff that you like. It's amazing. I feel like in our lives, like there comes a point where we're just like, this is enough. Like it's that low time and you're like, okay, we got to do something different. And I feel yeah. like 
I feel like for so many of us, that's what it comes down to. But I just, I hope that, you know, me and for the moms listening that take that advice and at the right time. And I know Ramit Sethi talks about this all the time too. He's like, you know, hire somebody like for, for a little, I mean, 200 to $500 a month, start very low. And, but the response he gets from people is like, well, I can afford that, but I, I I could invest the money into marketing or into my product development. And he's like, what? Like, no. Like, yeah. But, but I think as mom, it's hard for moms too. Like I'll be the first to admit when we did it, where we lived, I think she was the only, like my, none of my, one of my friends had hired a nanny or hired somebody to do this kind of stuff. And it felt uncomfortable at first. Like I was like, I never thought I would be somebody you know, they would have someone help me with lunches and, you know, stuff that I'm not good at. And then now, like, hands down, like, and then there's nothing wrong with it. I think so many moms can be judgmental sometimes. Um, Not everybody, but there's some moms out there that, you know, it's okay with with hiring somebody to do something you don't like. Why spend time if you can? And at that time when we hired Leanne, it was cheaper to hire her than put Marla Marla into daycare full time. I guarantee we've obviously her work with her. We've there's lots of incentives and it's very different when it was three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's there's nothing there's so nothing wrong with hiring someone to make your life and quality of life better. Like why struggle if you have to? Um, yeah. So at first, I mean, it was hard for me, and I still at times I'm like, oh, but then now for what it's given our family and the stress that has just like been thrown out the window. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's so bad. Okay, I'm looking forward to doing that soon. And yeah. um, my husband has been tuning in here and there, so he's he, yeah. hopefully he's listening. And it doesn't have to be everything. Like for us, it's like well, she's full time, but you know, start off small, and maybe it's somebody to come in to clean your house, or maybe it's someone to drop off meals, or you know, it doesn't have to be everything. Start off small, and then you know, see if it works or if it doesn't, and and go slowly, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's really great advice. Um, Amy, uh, We our time, unfortunately, has come to an end. Yeah, I was just um, noticing that. Yeah, and, but I really appreciate you for taking the time and coming on and sharing your incredible story and sharing yeah. your challenges and your wins and how you've been able to manage everything. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for, oh, thank for you. your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone that has tuned in. And if I can help in any way, please send me an email. I'll be happy to help out. Thank you so much, Amy. Have an amazing rest of the week. And I'll see you later. Yeah, sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a beautiful and heartfelt interview. Thank you so much for being here and watching it along with us. Amy has such a big heart and it's such an honor to have her on the Mompreneur Show. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Please join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more lively conversations just like this one. I'm your host, Mika Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. I will see you next time.